0: On this episode of the Macworld Podcast, it's all about your hot takes. You have thoughts on the MacBook Pro, Lightning, and USB C, and we'll respond to your thoughts on the show. Stay tuned! Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. This episode is all about reader hot takes from the Macworld Twitter feed. You have thoughts on Apple News and articles we've written, and we're going to share and respond to what you wrote. All of the comments mentioned in the show can be seen in the show notes for this podcast on Macworld.com. And let's get started! Our first set of hot takes is about a Twitter poll that we posted. We asked, if you had $1,500 to spend on a Mac laptop, which one would you buy, the 13-inch MacBook Pro or the new MacBook Air? And it turns out a vast majority of you, about 72%, voted for the MacBook Air. I Woo! was actually surprised that it wasn't like 88%. Yeah, I thought it'd be higher
1: too. Yeah, I mean, but more than a quarter would pick the um, the MacBook Pro. That's That's significant.
2: Did we get many replies about why people wanted the Pro?
0: I had a couple of replies. At picks by Lucio wanted the MacBook Pro because he loves the Touch Bar. Yeah, <laughs> he also said don't at him.
2: So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that that's that's sort of your best reasoning. Like, I don't, I can't think of anything else that's meaningfully better. I agree. But if you yeah. like the the Touch Bar, that is a distinct difference.
1: The other only other difference is like the active cooling, which
0: like I don't. You're not going to notice any that makes a difference Yeah.
2: I mean, it's it's an academic difference in performance.
0: Yeah, I could see how some people may have gotten used to that touch bar and it becomes second nature and to remove it would be a big adjustment. And it's part of their workflow or whatever, you know? Yeah. And as much as, you know, we harp on the, the touch bar, there is a usability to it. Some of us just tried it and just couldn't didn't get the hang of it. What's frustrating about the touch bar now is that Apple is
1: forcing you to buy an older a machine with an older design just to get it.
2: And you know it's it's not long for this world. Like it's not it doesn't appear on the new right. MacBook Pros. It's not on the MacBook Air. The only reason it's on this one is because they didn't change anything about the system other than the processor. So you're you know you're buying something that isn't going to get any real love in Mac OS and in a year, two years, whatever, they won't even be selling any hardware anymore. Probably not. Yeah. You know, so you, you kind of know you're buying something obsolete and it's not like it's going to stop working, but they're just not going to do anything new and great with it. And developer support's going to start to fall off and everything, you know,
1: like Apple didn't do really anything to it ever.
2: Like there was never
1: a single new feature or new, Anything that they added to the Touch Bar, I think, did they? I think early on they added like the function keys or something. I forget. There was a whole hubbub way, 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 way back, and they did something. They tweaked something with the defaultness of that. Yeah. Otherwise, though, they haven't. They
2: didn't add anything. Well, there's been some improvements and changes within certain apps. Like as an app gets an update, it it changes how the it works with the Touch Bar, and that's fine. But you're probably just not going to see a whole lot of that going forward. Like I, Apple doesn't have a, a big investment in the touch
0: bar. Yeah. So You talked earlier about the sustained performance of the MacBook Pro. At Captain Mags prefers a computer to run actively cool. He runs a PS2 and GameCube emulator and they run on the M1 MacBook Air. But he says it does get pretty toasty. He doesn't really care for the touch bar, but he doesn't hate it either. That's a very specific case, and you know, sh- cool.
1: That's 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 you know, I, I I see that.
0: And like he said, it does work, but for his own little his own comfort, right. he'd rather have the fan running.
2: My experience with the M1 Air versus Pro is not that the Pro uh, doesn't get as hot; it like feels. Just as hot on your lap or whatever, it's just that it's able to maintain a little bit higher clock speeds. If you're running something for like an hour, that's really hammering the hardware. It it just maintains like five percent higher clock speeds or something, but it still gets pretty toasty on your lap. I, that's not a yeah. that hasn't been my experience that there's going to be a meaningful difference. Of course, the the MacBook Air with the M2, it's new, it's new design, it's new hardware. We'll see how. That compares to the old air.
1: Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit thinner, uh, different you know it's a different design, so yeah, maybe mm-hmm. it runs even slower than the M2 MacBook Pro. I don't I doubt it, but we'll have to wait and see.
0: Uh, the people who preferred the MacBook Air at Argus Smith said he'd get the air for three reasons: weight, magsafe, and the F keys. We were just talking about the touch bar. At MacGuy1959 said, "The MacBook Air is more future-proof for sure, design-wise. Anyway,
1: so, I mean the, the the chip is essentially the same, but yeah, the design is. We expect the MacBook Air design probably for what ten years. I mean, it, Apple does Apple isn't in the business of changing hardware design that frequently.
2: Yeah, maybe in a few years you'll get some. We'll get something like a swap of the camera or or yeah. touch ID, but it will be like these minor f- features, and it's." but this this flat slab is probably i mean the wedge stuck around for was 7 years or something and before that it was almost a wedge it had that tapered front and then it went to like a full wedge but it hasn't really changed in a long time i mean basically
1: since it since it came out like that was its kind of kind of iconic look that it was you know it changed slightly but it was still it still had that you know that look that tapered down in the front
2: they definitely did change it. I mean, like it's not a, a completely different concept or anything, but it's there was a new body and stuff. Yes, and stuff. At and some point,
1: they they changed the body, but it, what it was, it still kept that kind of MacBook Airness. Yeah. to Yep. It. This one is very different.
2: So uh, yeah, this one, it's probably this this body, this piece of milled aluminum, is probably with us for five more years, and then Every the year. next one will probably be a, a minor update of some kind.
1: Yeah, and this is the look they're going with because it looks very much like the 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pro, like that type of of um, kind of squared off edges, the thin bezels. It's they're, they're similar looking now.
0: Yep. You think they'll ever offer different colors for the MacBook Air? Maybe. I mean, you know
1: that that that's a way to keep it fresh. You throw, you know, a different color gold. That's what they do with the iPads. You know, they they update them. They give you a new camera, they give you a new chip, and they give you a couple of new colors, and that's basically your update. That they could do that, sure.
2: Yeah, anything that they can do in an an anodization process. I don't know how yeah. to say that. because so, it's it it really they have to color the aluminum. It's not plastic and stuff like. But they've done that with aluminum iPhones. They've done that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'd like to. I think the the design that they have. First of all, I really like the midnight color. Very nice. And I don't know if I'd prefer Starlight over Silver, but it's that, that will probably make people who like Rose Gold pretty happy. They could do a, a real Rose Rose Gold. I think a product red would look really sharp.
1: I agree. And you know, we heard a lot of rumors about colors and it's possible people saw like various, you know, various colors that they're either working on or they scrapped or they couldn't they could introduce down the line. For the last couple of years they've introduced a new iPhone color six months in. You know, just mm-hmm. as a way to kind of generate interest, drum up, drum up more sales. They they could they could definitely do that, especially now. So this is the first MacBook in a while that isn't. I mean, I can't. Well, I guess the black one. How many years ago was that? So it's either space gray, silver, or gold, or all three. This is the first time Apple's introduced a new color, both Starlight and Midnight, that mm-hmm. are you know like legitimately new for the MacBook. So. You know, and those are tied to iPhone colors. Starlight was introduced with the iPhone 13. We got it on the iPhone SE, so yeah, they could maybe drop that down the line in an update and, and introduce
0: something else. We'll see. At Guyjin eighty eight said the MacBook Air suits his needs perfectly. Plus, it's cheaper than the Pro. Yeah, well, that's the big
1: thing. It's it's that's why we said fifteen hundred bucks because they're. There's a 1500 $1, fifteen hundred dollar model for both of them that that they're patently identical. It's five hundred twelve gigabytes, uh, M two chip, and all the peripheral stuff is what's different. Um, if you're buying the base model, you're getting it $1, eleven ninety nine versus twelve ninety nine. So yeah, it, it is cheaper.
2: And the uh, Air has the slightly slightly cutbacks GPU on its cheap model.
1: That's right. There.
2: Yeah. So you're not. We wanted to kind of compare Apple to Apple's. Plus, we think that's probably the sweet spot price for both systems. Unless you want more RAM, that's probably a good uh, place to be.
1: We reported yesterday that um, a couple of YouTubers got the 256 gigabyte model of the M2 Pro. And the hard drive is like super slow compared to yeah, the M1. The SSD. About half the speed. Yeah, the SSD because they're using one 256 gigabyte ch- chip rather than 228 gigabyte chips. Yeah. So that slows down performance, which, you know, I don't know how much people, depends on how much you use, what you're writing back and forth, the size of the files, all that stuff.
2: I really wonder if that's why storage performance was something that, that's something that Apple often grows about in their like presentations, when they announced new Mac, especially the last few years, because they have blazing fast storage performance. And it wasn't part of these presentations. And I wonder if that's, why? I wonder if it's because it's not guaranteed to be twice as fast or they'd have to do some stupid asterisks and then have you, <laughs> have you look up that it's only on the 512 and higher models.
1: Right. I mean, we, uh, Roman tested the, the 512 and it was, you know, his numbers were One terabyte. Fine. They were a little bit better than the M1, but we didn't test mm-hmm. that, that low end one. And it seems to only affect that model. And,
2: and I would not be surprised if that was true of the air when it comes out in July.
0: Sure, I agree with that. At Polar Ice X has an interesting response. He would buy the M1 MacBook Air because he doesn't like the new MacBook design, specifically the disappearance of the taper, and he doesn't like the feet pads. Mm. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. They, they they are different. <laughs> Um, I don't know how often That
1: wasn't the question looking though at them. yeah, <laughs> Right you lose credit for not answering a question But you do save 500 bucks that way
2: <laughs> You can go buy yourself an iPhone SE Well not 500 because you get a, It's the 250 By the time you up the storage and stuff To the same level It's I don't know you save 300 bucks or something like that There's always somebody
0: who has to stray from Yeah there's always the somebody who gets sent. to go
2: like This is what you asked but uh, this is what I want to do <laughs> Yeah <laughs>
0: The feet are, a, that's an
1: interesting criticism. I mean, they're different on the MacBook Pro 2, but they're not. They're fine. <laughs> you
2: know. Yeah. Huh? I mean, hey, that bothers you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I wonder if
0: they have a unique work surface that they have to have or something that, I don't know. I don't know. its They're just a little bit flatter than they were before.
1: That's really all it is. I mean, I didn't i didn't measure them, but they look at me about the same size.
0: Uh, so... X won't buy a new M2 MacBook, but uh, some readers may not even want a Mac at all. Uh, Keith Yabakov sent us an email and asked us why we don't include, quote, comparably priced Intel or AMD off-range, which I interpret as Windows PCs. Uh, yeah. Yabakov yeah. said we could at least show why shelling out all those extra uh, hundreds of dollars is worth it, if it indeed is. And when we got this email, I went, what? We're Macworld. Yeah, we're a Mac site. I mean, first of all, we
1: don't have them to test, but we we do have our sister site PC World has them to test. And, you know.
2: Kind of. like Roman. Uh, like yes, they don't always they have, have. Not all
1: of them. Yeah, yeah. They have the problem
2: is models. they don't always have the comparable priced version, Yeah, right? Like they'll have a version that's. Way off from the uh, the hundreds of dollars off from the price of of the Mac that we have, yeah, and you could get a configuration that is closer, but that's not what they had to test, so it's very hard to yeah. apples to apples it if you'll excuse the out for you but it does i like I don't think it's necessarily uh, a good fit to be in the review, but that doesn't mean that we can't do an, another article separately that says well well, how does this compare to Windows offerings in the same ballpark, and and just look at that individually and dive into that. That's that's not a bad idea.
0: Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, uh Gordon Maung, who does the laptop reviews for PC World, you know, he's churning them out, and along with Elena Yi, sometimes they include Mac laptop numbers in their uh, reviews. But again, they're getting units that are usually uh, optimized for top performance, so they're not necessarily a price-to-price comparison with
2: what we have tested. And they don't necessarily test things like battery life the same way, or or even other things. Uh, One of the issues often with the uh, Intel and AMD laptops is you'll get different performance unplugged than you do plugged in, because of the way that they will peak – the way they peak out power usage and stuff is different, and I think they test most of their stuff plugged in. so that's one of the things that if we were to do it, I would want to get, I would want to take a look at that issue. I would want to say like, well, well, here's the, the performance numbers, but if you unplug them both, does it change? And how much? Stuff like that, I think would be instructive. So it's, it, we it kind of have to do our own thing in a way. I mean, we could partner with PC World to, to help get some numbers and get some testing, but it's kind of a whole separate thing to do in review.
1: Yeah, and, and as, as Jason said, it's tricky just to throw a, a bar into a chart that says, well, here's the uh, Intel 10th gen whatever chip yeah. because would there's a bunch of caveats there.
2: Yeah, even the exact same chip model, Intel especially, has essentially a, a wide range of power states and TDPs and stuff that have to do with like the exact same chip in different laptops will have considerably different performance like more than 20% or something just based on like how much can it be cooled and all this other stuff. You know, each laptop vendor is allowed to drive up different power states at different times and everything based on the, the cooling performance and stuff of their laptop design. So even just getting a chip and throwing in like a Cinebench number or something is not exactly the, <laughs> and the same comparison.
1: We discussed it and, you know, it's, we're, we're going to look into it in the future. It's, it's an interesting idea.
0: It's an interesting idea, but our readership is primarily interested There's in that Mac. Too. Yeah, and I mean, most people who are searching for a MacBook review
1: aren't necessarily saying, "Well, should I buy a Mac or or should I buy a Dell XPS 13?" Like, it's it's they're looking for which MacBook they should buy. But we understand that there are some people that probably are comparing them and looking to see.
2: For the most part, our our recommendation about whether you should buy a Mac or a quality Windows machine is not about. Well, how does the hardware perform? Like, What's what's the benchmarks and stuff like? It's what software do you want to run? Do you want to run macOS? Do you want messages as on your Mac to sync with your phone? Do you want to run Mac software? Right. Or do you want to run Windows software? If you make that decision first and then pick the right system for you, you're probably going to be happier than if you start at benchmark charts and work the other way around.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's so many variables when it comes to the, the OS and the features and the apps and the hardware mm-hmm. design more so than just the power of the chip
2: from day to day, what what's going to impact your life more is what is the OS like and right. what software does it run? And what do I care about there? Like it doesn't matter how much faster or better battery life or whatever a MacBook air has. If you're really into games mm-hmm. because you're, just going to have a million better game options <laughs> on, a, on a Windows PC.
0: Uh, with the release of Apple Silicon on the Mac, though, there are people who are, I'm going to use the words, chip enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't want to use the uh, F word that <laughs> ends with boy, because it has kind of a negative connotation. And PC World plays that angle a lot. They play the uh, chip angle a lot and there are a lot of people who are interested in that Mm -hmm. not sure how many of our readers are interested in that because you can't get an intel mac really anymore you can get the mac mini (laughs) you can get the mac mini you can get a mac pro
2: but yeah i mean i'm one of those i'm one of those chip nerds who's like super into that but i also recognize that like Number 1 it's not a top end performance play it's an efficiency play this is the bottom M2 is the bottom of Apple's stack mm-hmm. and it's in a it's premier laptop is fanless like it's not this is not meant to compete with like PCs that use you know 65 watts and up but uh, but I, and I just also recognize that like you buy a Mac because you want to run Mac stuff first first and foremost not because the chip is so impressive it's great that the chip is impressive and I love this Apple Silicon push is like the best thing t- to happen to the Mac in I don't know how long.
1: I mean, even when Apple was using Intel chips, we didn't categorically compare them to Windows machines because it, even that was different. And that was more of a Apple's to Apple's comparison because they were essentially the same chips, but they were still different made for Mac where Apple, Apple couldn't just buy them off the shelf and plug them into their machines. Mm-hmm. The, you know, until had to make them for, for the for the MacBook and and the Macs, and you know, as Jason said, it's, it, there's so many other factors that go into making that decision.
2: Especially with something like a laptop, where everything from the keyboard to the display and all that other stuff is part of the product. It's not like a desktop computer where you can all your display and your keyboard and your mouse and all that other stuff are other things that you would like here. Everything's part of it, and it's everything's part of that buying decision.
0: So those keyboards and displays we usually connect to a Mac through USB C and USB C could be coming to an iPhone near you. I think we could say will will be coming
1: at this point. Yeah. yeah. I just it's a matter of next year or the year after. But I think I don't think there's any way Apple avoids this anymore.
2: Yeah, so the EU did ratify and its directive that all all of it, not just phones, all portable electronics under a certain size or weight or whatever has to use the USB C charging standard. And they have until 2025, I think, to do this, or is it 2024? Can't remember. Uh,
1: 2024. They, Four. I, I think, think they, have,
2: they have, I think they have 48 months or whatever. They have a whole, two, I mean, uh, 24 months, they have two years to, to make the transition. and. Apple kind of doesn't make a big change to the hardware design of the iPhone every year, it's like every other year. The S models are gone, but they they really kind of aren't. <laughs> so everyone's assuming that like the iPhone 14 is going to mostly look like the iPhone 13 and then the iPhone 15 or whatever next year will get USB-C. The only question they they have to or they have to either make a separate model just for Europe and there's not going to do that. Um, or they have to go completely wireless. They can have a wireless charger and make the cord USB C plugging into a thing. I think you can still do that. They're, like the, they'll do that with the Apple Watch and everything, um, or have done actually. You, you don't have to
1: add a add a port if there's wireless charging mm-hmm. supported. But if there is wired support wired charging supported, you have to it has to be USB C.
2: But for debugging and. Resetting phones and backing up and CarPlay and eight hundred million other reasons. I don't think they're just going to ditch the port entirely.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think I don't think we're quite there. We're quite there yet. We've we've had rumors for God,
2: yeah. Wireless charging is. is terribly inefficient. You right. you you lose at least a third of the power. Even, even MagSafe,
1: which is their own proprietary thing, still is way slower.
2: And and just like watts in. To the charger versus how many watts get delivered to your phone, you just lose like a third of it compared to a cable. Yeah, like it's just that. And for a company that's all about like being green and power efficiency and environmental stewardship, to say like the only way you can charge your phone is to like have this terrible like seventy percent efficiency thing is not a great look. So yeah, USB C is going to happen, just probably not this year.
1: I would say definitely not this year. I mean, I think that iPhone fourteen is done. Um, it's a, maybe not even next year, but probably like,
2: pro- probably, I mean, probably- I think so because like that, just, just like the 13 and 14 are mostly the same design, Yeah, the 15 and 16 are probably going to be mostly the same design and they're not going to want to have to change that mid right. thing. So they're probably right now making sure that the and next it, it year's iPhone, like
1: it, when you think about it, it's so silly because like USB-C is what half a millimeter, maybe less bigger than lightning. Like it's not much. Lightning doesn't offer much, if anything, in the way of performance that USB-C doesn't. It's on the iPad. It's on the Mac. It just mm-hmm. – Apple just want, really wants the iPhone to have Lightning. Which it is apparently
2: coming to – The um, AirPods case. The AirPods case – Well, the AirPods – The next AirPods Pro case – and my guess would be whenever they need to update the regular airpods airpods 3rd gen or whatever it'll get a usb c well they might thing when they update have to
1: the case just midstream like they did that with the That's AirPods what I mean. pro case they did that with magsafe they just said well now they come with magsafe so they might you know when the airpods pro come out in the fall they might just say oh and now there's a new charging case for the airpods 3rd gen too and it has usb c yeah we'll see. yep
2: uh, um, and they need uh, AirPods
1: Max is still lightning, right? Yep,
2: they'll need to update that and the base model iPad is but the rumors are That's that the next yeah. base model iPad is going to be more like the iPad Air in, the, in its design like bigger, s- slimmer yeah. bezels, bigger screen and have USB-C right. so that will take care of that for the next several
1: years And then that leaves like the magic keyboard and mouse which, you know yeah, keyboards easy, the mouse the mouse I would they
2: should change that. They should change so it anyway. <laughs> yeah, and and iPhone and Apple's rationale has never been well the connectors too big on an a, a USB-C. That's what other people have said. They've always been said it's the ecosystem of existing right. stuff. We don't want to make everyone have to ditch their lightning stuff.
1: But they don't have to. Just give us an adapter. Like it,
2: <laughs> it, well, it's not going to fit in a dock and stuff, but there's just not as many people with a lightning dock speaker or something that fits a modern iPhone anyway. Like they're all made to fit like those different shaped 4.7 inch iPhones True. of yesteryear. Yeah. Everything else has kind of gone wireless anyway. Mm-hmm. So there's just not as much out there where they really need to worry about it. It's it's really your power cable, not even your adapter. Your power adapter has got adapter's USB-C fine. on the other end and it doesn't come with one anyway stuff so it's literally just the cable
1: and uh and i don't i don't think they technically would have to change the keyboard and mouse because that's not an electronic like this is based this is like e-readers phones uh i think it is i
2: think those qualify as um under this eu thing everything that charges basically anything with a rechargeable battery that recharges under a certain size qualifies like something something like a mouse is absolutely like a Personal consumer electronic or whatever.
0: The uh, reader response was, a little, was kind of interesting. It was very mixed. At Pentapower tweeted that, I'll only upgrade to a newer iPhone if Apple moves to USB-C. So, they're very mm-hmm. much in favor of this move. There were a lot of responses that were concerned about government oversight at Guess Alias, said, why is there not a push to standardize electrical plugs and outlets everywhere? And what about the side of the road we need to drive on? Or what language we all speak? One-size-fits-all can work for some things, but not others.
2: Honestly, the plugs is not a bad point, except that it requires updating a gajillion buildings, and that's different than saying every electronics you manufacture from here going forward is way different than saying like, well, yes, we need to do about $6 trillion worth of updating buildings uh, to get everybody on the same plug.
1: We got um, more than a few comments on various articles that we've written over the last month or two months Mm -hmm. that agree with the idea, but hate that Apple is being forced to do it. And I can understand that.
2: I feel like this is clearly the right thing to do. And Apple would not have ever done it if they weren't forced to do it. So I'm not happy that they're being forced to do it. But I also recognize just like the stuff with app stores and everything else, but I also recognize that they're just never going to do the, certain things. They're just not going to do the right thing <laughs> unless they're forced to. And that that kind of eases my mind a little bit about "Quote government overreach and stuff." It's like, well, is it overreach when they'll never do the right thing to make them do the right thing? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's
1: yeah, I know it's a tricky, it's a tricky. It is a tricky
2: thing. It's a slippery slope, but it's always like they're not always wrong, (laughs) right? And it's not always a slippery slope. It's not always like, well, next they're gonna make you have whatever. I do wonder a little bit about what this means for MagSafe on not not the phone MagSafe, the MacBook MagSafe. I think they can still ship with those sorts of things as long as you can still charge the MacBook with Ooh. USB-C, which is how they've worked so far. Like the new MacBook Pros have MagSafe, but you can plug in USB-C and charge your just fine. The law, I guess you can say, is
0: an Apple law. It's an Apple-specific law because most other companies basically use um, USB-C.
2: It's it's Apple and then there's just a lot of stuff that's not phone. It it's it just cause Apple's so big, but it's not phones and stuff like there's a lot of things like cameras and stuff like that that are still using micro USB. There's a ton of little stuff that uses micro USB. I just got a Dremel. It's a regular Dremel, but it comes with attachments to like do your dog's nails and everything. And it's got a micro USB plug in it. And I'm just Banging my head because now I have to dig out a micro USB cable every time I want to charge the stupid thing, and there's no reason that for that not to be USB C.
1: Every time I plug in a micro USB cable, I feel like I'm breaking it. Yeah, like it's so fragile.
2: With sales. And this is a brand new, latest model thing. This is an old year, so this is exactly the kind of thing that just would be better off.
0: Yeah, I bought a selfie stick really? about a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to get a full tripod and I figured I could use a selfie stick. Okay. And it had micro USB on it to charge. Can you can you post yeah. a picture of you using your selfie stick in the chat notes please?
2: <laughs> I actually got one of the, a little desk tripod that has like a little telescoping arm but it's just got little fold out feet instead of like a big tripod just for just for the thing just because I'm like I just need like a little desk tripod. I don't want a big old and it and it's sold as you know, you collapse the three feet and it's the handle for a selfie stick. You could, It could be a selfie stick. It's just put a different attachment on the end. Remember when those were the rage though? Remember selfie sticks? <laughs> Remember somebody just had the idea of, oh, well, if you just do this and make a little button for the shutter, this, this little $15 thing that we could sell for whatever. And they were everywhere and people did roundups, best selfie sticks and all that stuff. Oof.
0: There were another set of responses that were kind of concerned about concerned about future proofing at habeas tweeted, Are you happy we will be stuck with USB C forever? How are we supposed to innovate to the next next best thing? I mean, there's that, but the next best thing
1: is wireless. And there's no standard for that yet yet. You know, I don't think Apple or anybody is spending any time developing a new version of
2: That's what bothers me about that argument is how are we supposed to innovate to the next best thing? It's hard to make that argument when Apple was being stuck on the old lightning standard and showing no signs of innovating the next best thing and on all of its other products, slowly making the change to USB-C. Also, the USB-C connector and charging standard does not prohibit all this other stuff to be built upon USB-C, like we've seen yeah, we've USB-C connectors, like yeah, Thunderbolt Display Port, all this other stuff that have a USB-C connector. They're just using different electrical signaling things for the data and everything. There, there's plenty of room to grow there.
1: Yeah, and it should be noted that Apple hasn't innovated with Lightning and ev- never. That, like that's the what I mean. Same thing. It's still USB 2, I think. Like it doesn't yeah. even support faster anything it's just the and way when it
2: and when apple itself decided well lightning is not the best solution here what did they do they didn't do something some new better than USB C thing they did USB C, which they were a big part of the usb consortium that came up with that standard that changed there was an optical standard called i want to say lights peak or something like that that was like the usb 3 thing back when usb 2 was around that was going to be like the future and that didn't really go anywhere. There were a couple Sony laptops that had it. And then they decided to do- drop the optical thing and go with like a purely electrical metal cable thing. And that evolved into USB-C. Apple was a big part of that. I feel like, like USB-C is the thing. <laughs> and if when it gets to be really, really old, the, the EU will uh, – it's not like they'll never update the law. Like they did it this time. It's not like when – USB C is suddenly unable to deliver sufficient power or whatever data, something for mobile devices that they're just gonna go like, no, I'm sorry. I know it is the year twenty one seventy two and we're still using USB C like it's just not gonna it's not gonna be a thing.
1: I mean I mean if you think about a logic imagine Apple introduced another wired port. Like it'd yeah. be ridiculous. Like it's just it's not happening. There's, that's it. We're done. Lightning is the innovation. USB-C is the innovation on top of that, and we're done.
2: There is something we said for the idea that innovation isn't just about bringing new features. These days, with so much different stuff around, interoperability, at least mm-hmm. for things like delivering charge to your gadget, is its own form of innovation. and It just requires something that's outside of a certain company to do because Apple doesn't make dslr cameras or dremels or any uh, any of this other stuff right so for everybody to get on board does kind of require if not a government then uh, some sort of authority of some sort to say okay everybody's gonna have to get on the same page and it's not like they picked up really bad idea USB C is the way i would go right yeah can you imagine if they all picked a new connector and, and, and if the EU said, we've got a new connector that everyone needs to use, that would, that would be a disaster.
1: Or if they made everything do lightning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 799. Thanks to Jason Cross and Michael Simon, and thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for your tweets. One programming note, we're taking the week of July fourth off so there will be no show that week you can subscribe to the macworld podcast in the podcast app on spotify on amazon music or through any other podcast app if you have any comments or questions send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through twitter that's at macworld or on the macworld facebook page join us in the next episode of the macworld podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of apple see you next time